What's up, everyone? In this episode of Let's Talk Filmmaking, I'm bringing you Elizabeth Schiffler, an amazing female filmmaker that's doing a lot of big things in a short time. Welcome back to the show. I have yet another amazing female filmmaker, uh, Elizabeth Schiffler. Hi. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's a, uh, a theater slash uh, filmmaker. Well, you're not theater. You're you're just an actor, huh? Um. Well, no, theater like you're, performance artist. Yeah. yeah. Performance. So. Earlier, um, the first week, my first guest was Camille Monet. She was an actor um, in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth. So, Elizabeth, you do some amazing, amazing work. She has done. She has done so many short films in the short time of her career. Like seriously, you have. You yeah, have. I. I mean, thank you. Yeah, like I have some, more to do. But <laughs> well, you you will be amazed how it does take a while for people to actually get stuff done, go out there and get mm-hmm. stuff done. So, like, I, I will have have to give it to you that you do. You have done that. Thanks. By many means, like um, the the mermaid life of a mermaid film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we discussed. We talked about that before. And. Like I said before, I really love the style and the feeling that your films give. Mm. Uh, so can you like, Tim, kind of like give me a summary of like what you go for when you uh, produce your short films? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I'm really interested in feelings as you hopefully picked up on and and really kind of letting moments happen or play in, in a story. So that's kind of how my like theater background, I think, comes into film a bit. Because I, I like to capture things live. And so um, I think as I'm getting more into writing the, my own content that I'm, I'm directing, I'm really looking for a script or a story that's going to allow an actor to really play and live and then capture that. So... Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's something that is important to me and I, that I've seen in my work and I want to like keep doing in my work for sure. Now you, uh, direct and I said before, produce most, most of your short films, like, uh, kind of tell me, you know, how it is to be a female filmmaker and taking control and making sure like, you know, nobody like, uh, you know, as a female filmmaker, you might have to go through like people like doubting, doubting you, or even look look down in some way, or kind of like question what you're capable of. Uh, mm. Kind of like go into like how you pretty much shut down all of the do- doubters, you know, and just take control of it and get things done. Yeah, um, that's really real, and I feel like that is um, really true. As I've been thinking about projects and how I share my work with people. And I think that's part of it, right? It's like, who are you sharing your work with? It's not necessarily about who's validating it, but who who's listening and who are you connecting with over your stories. And so then I think kind of following that, like not fighting who you're sharing your stories with or like trying to tell your story to someone who maybe doesn't really want to hear it. And 
And they might think they want to hear it. They might tell you that they want to hear it, but then maybe they really don't. Maybe they blow you off or aren't really interpreting your work in the way you want to be interpreted. And so I think that's something that um, being from Seattle and thinking about who in the Seattle community, how they relate to film, how, um, what type of stories and how I tell those stories. I think I thought a lot about that. And I think that's like, so I'm picking where I'm showing my work. And um, for me, it's often in more arts focused or kind of um, newer work spaces. So it's, we don't have in Seattle the same kind of like straight ahead film community as in other places. So finding like unique ways where my stories can have a space. Um, so I think that's, that, that is a big thing for me is like, you don't, well, for me, I don't have to show my work in a traditional way. I can go find a festival that's curating really specific type of work or uh, an event that has something. And I can kind of choose to do that in my own way. Now, I think that makes it hard on the long term for, for other, for certain types of growth. But as, as a filmmaker who's just working to really hone my skills as a storyteller, show it in a place where the people who are going to watch it are going to really listen and give you the right feedback to help you get better. And yeah. So that's, that's a pretty um, amazing uh, thing you said. It's making films that that's for certain people. So like, kind of give, kind of give me your, your background, like how you got into film and how you knew this was the style you wanted to go for because you know become becoming uh mermaid uh mm-hmm. even uh the famous whale uh the adventures of tracy and phil they're all artsy and very creative very it very creative like, <laughs> so content give me your give me your background how you how you started and how you knew this was it yeah i mean i think i was mostly uh, I studied theater in college and I think that kind of what I was talking about where I really liked seeing people do things live. I, I really loved that, but I also felt limited by this idea that we have to, a lot of theater is telling stories that have been told over and over again. Mm-hmm. How many times can we really do a Shakespeare play? Um, it's like, that is like a really old white guy that I'm not sure how often do we need to hear those stories when there's so many new stories out there? So Mm -hmm. I think I was starting to feel that where I was like, I don't really want a script. I don't want a script that someone else has written that I have to kind of work around and make a play or make an experience within that script. So what happens if I remove a script? What happens if I just tell the story visually? And I think theater is a very visual medium, but it's also very, very um, visceral and, so if you're going to remove a script from a live experience, you can kind of lose audience. It can be harder, right? I think unless you're like a dancer, which I'm not. I'm not a choreographer. So <laughs> um, so I think then shifting my mind a little bit to like, okay, well, how would I tell a story visually while still seeing people do things? Um, and that's kind of when I was like, oh, right, there's this thing called film that does that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I wanted to experiment with also kind of shorter form stories because I think we're we're kind of exiting this age of people sitting down for 90 minutes or even two and a half hours to watch something. And so what does that look like to tell a story that is more engaging, um, digitally accessible, so it doesn't have to happen in a space? Um, and And it can happen. I think we talked about this before, but I think 
my interest in nature and like the outdoors and experiencing the natural world um, is really important to me as like a concept. And so that's really hard to do if you're in a theater is to see a person engage with the outdoors. So um, what film is you can take, you can take your kind of frame or your theater space and put it on the beach or in the woods or underwater. You know, that's, that's pretty interesting of you to, uh, to say, because that is, I would say you have a lot of films that, well, you have some films out there that has, that's very impactful. They try to and hit that nature and, uh, you know, earthy uh, subject. And I do think with the style you're going, going for, going for, it's definitely unique. And uh far as I've seen, a lot of filmmakers haven't done it. So, uh i i i enjoy enjoy it a lot and it's something that i would definitely i can definitely see being played in like local theaters mm. and that's what we talked about um uh, before uh local theaters is and is a great way to support uh local fil- filmmakers and, yeah definitely that kind of conscious consumerism of of knowing that you could choose to see other stories. We're talking about how do you find like, like female filmmakers. I think that is also, how do you find filmmakers of color? How do you Mm -hmm. find people who aren't straight white men telling stories? And that's like, you're so right. Like you got to find the space, the new spaces that are letting those voices be heard and, and go like put your money where your mouth is and go see those movies or yeah. Well, yeah, I still suck at going to the local theater to like <laughs> to go see them. I promise I'm gonna get better. Uh, yeah, you gotta. I, I I do. I really have to. Uh, one of the things you you said was uh, knowing uh, finding more uh, female filmmakers, and the last get the last guest, um, uh, Brittany Janae, she was saying if we collaborate and uh network with more uh fe- female filmmakers you know share share their their film share share their post uh recommend them to to other film groups uh and get them out there is one of the one of the best ways we can uh pretty much represent and uh get them get them noticed more and get them out there more yeah, that's so true. I think sometimes we, we as a society, not we, yeah. you and me sitting here, but um, we we have this fear of like elevating someone else's work who we don't I, maybe identify with. So I think I sometimes see that I feel that as a woman where I feel like maybe some male filmmakers are like, oh, like it's not really my space. Like you're kind of doing the female filmmaking thing and I'm gonna let you do it over there because I'm gonna do my thing and I don't really want to like it's hard for me to figure out how, how would I support it? Or I don't know, like you've got your thing and you're doing such a great job. And mm-hmm. that's you're, like, that's so false for not just female filmmakers, but like any filmmaker who's trying to overcome some sort of barrier to mm-hmm. their work. And, and so I think you're right. Yeah. It's like elevate those stories that you think people should be hearing, right? Share it, go pay for those tickets, invite your friends to it, text people about it. Like, it's that it's that being a like an active consumer as well, especially of media. If like commit to it, like stick 
be like, I, no, I do want to see more female filmmakers. And so here's some you should go see. <laughs> but shit, that, that is so weird to me because like I, like I said before, it's, I feel like female filmmakers are able to see things that male film, filmmakers probably can't. Women could probably see an angle or uh, capture a frame that we can't, just can't see, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's always that sense of detail and emotion that you all can see that we just don't think about, you know. Uh, we just don't. Like, if I'm shooting a scene and I'm shooting these two characters, I'm just thinking about the subject. Well, there's there should be some emotion behind the subject. There should be, like, uh, how should the female be standing or what would she actually think or how would she actually feel? You know, all those uh, elements inside that, you know, depending on the male filmmaker, probably, or director, probably just wouldn't think of. So I think there should always be at least one female filmmaker on set because you just don't know. There should be like, a pretty pretty wide range you know not just everybody's kind of like the same right mm. yeah that's totally true we we need many different perspectives especially with film where you have so many people working on it like why would you want all the same people working on it in exactly the same way like mm-hmm. there's too much happening for it to all be the same idea i think no. but yeah i think that's interesting i mean i think i've started to study a bit more of like female filmmakers in history and it is interesting because I do think if you were to do some like straight up cinema studies of of their work there are characteristics like in the cinematography and the storytelling and in the acting styles that are different like I think there is definitely kind of like there and and I don't want to put people in boxes but I do think especially in history like there is an aesthetic that comes from like women directed and created films that is a little different and Mm -hmm. I think I think it's really exciting. And I think like for me as someone who's like trying to think about how my work's going to grow and, and live its own life, like seeing some filmmakers who've really like honed in on a style and in a way to like convey their work, it's really, it's really inspiring. So I've recently been watching the early works of Maya Darren, who's like a 1940s filmmaker. Um, and she actually, unbeknownst to me, like does a lot of, um, a lot of her stories take place near the water with the ocean. And it was just kind of this like revelation of like, whoa, like, yeah, there've been people doing this like way longer than I have or Mm -hmm. way before me and like still dealing with similar themes. And like, I had never heard or really studied her works early, like earlier when I was doing filmmaking on the beach five years ago. So it's interesting to see how, how that work has been done. And so it's great to like acknowledge who's done that work before, before me. So that's cool. That is interesting. That's, that's pretty awesome and mind blowing that you, you, um, found that, found her and, um, you know, researched that. So one of the things I want to ask you is when you're on set and you are filming your film, uh, who do you, who do you look for to like recruit, uh, to do your films? Because you do have a, like we said, a particular, uh, style of, of film. So mm-hmm. who, who is pretty much 
in 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 your in your group for a film film crew yeah i mean i think i work with a lot of women that's pretty pretty common and mm. i've worked with the same editor for most of my projects evelyn osborne she's in la um and and I think I, I work for people who, if I sit them down for a coffee and tell them the story of what I'm thinking about, they're interested and they're like listening to the story. They're not interested of like, oh, this will look really good in my reel or I want to work on a project like this. Yeah. It's like I'm truly just telling them a story and they I can tell that they're interested in the story. Yes. And if that's the baseline that they're like, huh. Like, I just want to hear more about the story. Like, you're reading a story to a little kid. When it feels like that, then you're like, okay, you believe it enough that when we're trying to manufacture the story, it's going to happen. We can make it happen because you believe it. So I think that's what I'm looking for. They want to see it be created just as much as you do. Yeah, yeah, which is really hard. And I think it's a very vulnerable thing as a filmmaker to be like, do you believe in this story at all? (laughs) But it's also kind of powerful when the people are like, yes, I do. I do Uh believe in this. Okay, so kind of, kind of give me the how is the filmmaking scene in uh, Seattle? Mm. Um, it's rough up here. I mean, it's not a film city. Um, it's actually it's not even a film state. Uh, I was actually just talking with um, a writer, uh, a journalist, this afternoon about the film in Seattle and in Washington and. I honestly, I didn't know this, but uh, she says that there's actually some laws where you can't film for more than 30 days a year as like as an individual art, like art industry person. Like we have limits on how much you can work in the state. Um, We also don't have any tax. We have really bad tax incentives. We're like the third worst in the, the country. And if Washington Film Works or our Washington Film Commissioner ever hears this podcast, they're probably going to be like really sad. So sorry, everyone. But there's I mean, just not funding. It is funding what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's just not funding there. And then I think also there's just not a culture of things being made. Like it's not a – I think like – the times I've been in LA and they're like, Oh yeah, we're working with these places because they've done film shoots before. We've had people come in. Like there's just a general knowledge where here, if I'm looking at a location, they're like, what are you talking about? How is, how long is this going to take? What do you mean? Like, it's just like the, the support of the community and the interest in it is I think so much less. And then also, as we were talking about, like there's just not that many places to see um, locally made films. There are some smaller theaters, but they're often bringing in touring work. And so when we're looking at are there independent filmmakers making things, especially narratively driven stories that are happening in Seattle, it's pretty low. Um, Also, we have, as you may know, we're the home of Amazon Mm -hmm. and so and Microsoft. And so a lot of the film work that's happening is very commercial and it's very like within these production houses. And so they're kind of like having these like big full time jobs for these film people. And so you're going to have to take that job um, that and rather than working on projects throughout the year and so it's just it kind of they kind of sucked out some of that pool of industry folks who are working up here as well yeah that's so thanks amazon that kind of suck uh, because i live in shreveport uh louisiana and yeah even i run into like how long is this gonna take 
you know, what, what is it going to be like, uh, in terms of like actually doing a film, like, are you going to bring a lot of cameras? How many people? Uh, so like, I can't even imagine, I can, and it's a terrible image how it must be in Seattle. Uh, which suck because Seattle is, is, I would say a beautiful, um, beautiful area. So, and that law just, you have told me a few, like there's the whole, the whole drinking thing. Oh yes. Yeah. Our dance tax. So venues that have dancing are taxed. And then we also, yeah, the big one is like, like, Liquor, beer, wine companies can't give money to any like nonprofits or projects or independent um, business people. Um, they would be very limited about how they support or like be a part of events or projects or things happening, which is just really tough because when you think about like where is their money in a community, it's often like businesses and especially like alcohol companies, they want their product out there and within the community. And so it's just a complicated thing to navigate. But if you think about like, like I think James Bond was partially funded by the Heineken placement. He was. So it's like, which is like on a next, on like another level, I totally understand. But like, but that's not even an option here. Like we couldn't yeah. even think about that kind of um, collaboration. So that's, well, hopefully things get better. So right now, do you, see yourself staying in Seattle creating your films? That's a great question. No, I do not. I'm actually in the process of applying to graduate programs and performance studies, so kind of going on the more scholarly track. And so I'll be either in L.A., New York, or London this fall. London? L.A., New York, or outside the country, like London? Okay. I could see you being a London filmmaker. I could see hey, that. Yeah, me too. Who, uh, who knows? <laughs> I'm definitely going to follow that. Speaking of following, uh, champagne. You know mm-hmm. what? You just, how, if you're going to do the film, uh, I guess you can still have liquor in it. You just can't get funding from it. Yes. Okay. So champagne, the movie. Uh, champagne, the movie. So kind of tell me about that. Yeah, so Champagne the Movie is a short film that I'm in pre-production for. It's a story about a peculiar restaurant and the two women who work there. Um, and it's I've been writing, I've write, written it. I've written it, and I'm directing it right now. Um, so we're going into production in June, and we're doing a full Kickstarter this April through May. Um, I'm really excited about this story. I think thinking about women and food is really interesting and important and how women are portrayed in the world as leaders, as creators, as artists, as makers of things. Um, We need to see more stories where women are making something and they don't have to sacrifice some part of themselves to do that. Um, So that's what the story is really doing. We're seeing a, a chef and hiring a new assistant in her restaurant. And it just follows the first couple of days of their working together. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, my, my fiance, she currently works at a news station and she's working on, uh, she also has a, uh, a, a, a dance network brand called PowerPoint Network. Uh, and she's also trying to 
have start an, another new business and she just said uh she wants to pick up knitting and i'm like knitting takes so long you have all these ideas and things you want to do when will you find time to actually do that something's got to go so um it's interesting you bring, you say that cuz that was something that really bothered her she wanted to have a skill where she could create something with her hands like she felt like she yeah. needed something and uh to her like every woman kind of has that but mm. she just didn't know what was hers and uh, i don't know she just chose knitting or something so she's i love knitting know. so tell her to go for it that's awesome oh uh, well I, I would tell her that and if she ever has issues i would definitely give her your email yeah just that. we can do a little <laughs> skype session and <laughs> okay, so yeah I-, I mean i think i think that's really it's an interesting thing because there's this kind of previous narrative around women where it was like women can do it all and you can like have a business and like get home in time to make dinner and I think that's, like, not a useful narrative, right? That's kind of like, wow, like, no, you're just telling us that we have to do all the work mm-hmm. on both sides. But then there's this other side where now we kind of have this narrative that, like, if you're going to be really successful in your profession or in your life or your world, then you're suddenly no longer able to do, like, any caring, compassionate, like, nurturing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm trying, that's what the story is. It's like, well, can, can a woman try and do both? Cause I feel like I'm surrounded by women who are, who are leading businesses, who are incredible artists, who are taking control of their lives. And they're also kind, wonderful, caring partners, friends, family members who are active in their communities. And it's not like you have to sacrifice one or the other. It's not easy. It's not like a simple thing to do, mm-hmm. but I think you can, I think you can find that story. And I just don't think we're seeing it in film. Awesome. So how much, uh, what's the financial goal for the film? The financial goal is a minimum of $12,000, and that gets us to equitably pay all of our cast and crew, which is my primary concern. So that's the minimum. What is the, like, we The good? reach is 20000 The reach is 20000 So actually, the clients in the restaurant of the story are ghosts. They're kind of a spirit from a spirit world. Mm-hmm. And so they are 2D animation, and animation, hand-drawn, takes some time. So that $20,000 gets us an animation team that can keep us out of a two-year post-production pipeline. Okay, yeah, that's that creativity I was I was talking about. So uh, you can reach 20000 I mean, like I told you, that there's some people on Twitch that they donate, like, over $100, like 800 like, all crazy amounts of money. And they donate to people that's, you know, playing games, watching them playing games and talking to them. So, like, we can reach that goal. I like your confidence. Yeah. And, you know, I'll throw some money to it. You know, that's very sweet. Well, I don't know how much, but sharing is caring. And that is what, as we were saying, like elevating that work doesn't always have to mean like a fiscal contribution. It can also mean sending it to someone who might do that or sharing it in your social media or in an email, which is probably even better. We just got to get 20,000 people to donate $1. Yeah. Yeah. And if like we have 20 people who have a thousand Facebook friends, that's 20, you know, 
And it's you can a make good, it happen. It's a, it's a great film idea. Thank you. Have have people started donating yet? <laughs> the Kickstarter so, yeah. will go up April 15th. Yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to get people ready to take out their wallets already. Like, yeah. yeah. I do have some early pledges for some of the larger donors. So that is that is true. That does happen, and that really? helps. Yeah. So I think like being really cognizant of who could actually support and what your the feasibility of your campaign is something that's really important for indie filmmakers because you don't want to just start a project and be like, all right, everyone quickly start caring about this thing. Like you got to kind of cultivate people. So while I'm not, I've got like, you know, it's like pledges, getting pledges of people who are like, I'm super committed and I'm really excited to, to commit at this level. So what are some of the pledges? Do you have some already? Like, Oh, like incentives? Yes. Yes, I do. They are really awesome, especially if you're a Washington resident, which doesn't apply to everyone here. Um, in Washington, there's a lot of opportunities to come to some farm-to-table dinners by local chefs and myself, do some director dinners. Um, so that's going to be happening. We're going to have some like great cooked meals, um, but you got to come to Seattle for that. How, well, uh, I we will love that because um, I always wanted to come to Seattle and how much is that? Uh, for the farm-to-table dinner, I believe it's only going to be $50 for a ticket to come to a farm-to-table dinner cooked by a local chef on a farm in the beautiful Seattle summer. Um, we're going to have a bunch of wonderful champagne from Treveri Wines. It's going to be awesome. So that is one of them. There's also opportunities to get some hand-drawn recipe cards as well as opportunities to be on set and really engage with the story around women, food and film. Hmm. I'll def I I would definitely look into that. Um because we are we're always looking for, you know, reasons to travel and we love local food, you know. That's like food either there's food trucks, you know, the best local restaurants, you know, yeah. family owned restaurants. That's one thing we love, so uh, definitely going to look into that. So what role do you play in this film? In this film, I am the writer, director, and pro- one of the producers. So I have a couple of producers on the team, but I also want to make sure I'm giving myself credit for a lot of that work that I'm doing on the producing side. So I am a producer on the film as well. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we we talked about that before. You really love the like organizing sending all the emails making sure everybody's like on their a game yeah yeah i definitely love that and i also need help with it i was just about to say yeah because nobody wants to do that so like you're awesome for (laughs) and very valuable for uh wanting to do that and being able to do that even though like you know if nobody else is doing it you kind of have no choice but yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's that, that challenge. But you can still do it with a positive attitude and stick with it and don't get hung up when someone says no. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Don't hesitate to ask um, for like anything. Because some people be like, if you just say we're, it'll be in a film, they'll think, hell yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's I'll so true. A, I'll be a superstar, you know? Some people, you know, don't don't realize how small it is, but the minute you talk about it'll be on a film, on a movie, yeah, 
they're 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 game for it. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Okay, so one more thing. We talked about the Oscars before, and we talked about how uh, a lot of the women that won did not weren't like you know best director, um, or probably wasn't in the category of best director, uh, best cinemato- cinematographer. Uh, you know, uh, they wasn't in the leading those leading production roles, right. and I just trying to figure out how can we, you know, change that. What 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 makes that happen? Because on another on another scale, Oscars, um, I forgot who it was, but they're trying to keep films from Netflix from being nominated in the. Uh, for winning the Oscar, which is crazy. Totally, right? There's incredible films coming out on Netflix. Um, that's a tough question, right? Because the I think we talked about this a little bit, but like then it kind of begs the question, should we care what the Oscars say at all? Right. Uh-huh. And so I think that's like, I think we just have to start putting things into perspective and maybe instead of all tuning into the Oscars and suddenly validating the films that we see there, which I think we kind of, it can happen. Like we can kind of let go of what happens at the Oscars a little bit. And instead it's like, go flood your indie nonprofit theater forum, like film forum that you can go check out whatever independent films, like, like hype that up. Um, so I think that's one thing and it kind of, it's like coming, coming back to the local stuff, like see what's being made around you and, and pay attention to that. I think on the other end, like how do we kind of change that big, that big scale thing? Like I think we are seeing shifts in our interests and in types of storytelling and that it is slowly, slowly, slowly getting more diverse in terms of who's telling the stories that we're listening to. And when I say who, I mean the writers and directors and the cinematographers who are kind of shaping what the story feels like. Mm -hmm. And so as we see more women, women of color, people of color telling those stories where we are shifting what the market is for, for what good films are. Um, And I think then we have to call out when there are films that are like awarded things that, that don't fit into where we want that representation going. Well, you, you had a lot of your films in uh, local film festivals. Like how, Mm -hmm. how have they been, uh, what are like reactions and support you've been getting, getting from your local film festivals? I think it's great. I mean, I think going and having people watch your film who don't know you and hearing what they feel and their response to it is the most valuable thing because um, you learn so much from that. And so that's a really great experience that I have been able to have. And I think a little bit of it is it's like digging for it because there are there these film festivals kind of pop up in little random places. And so if you find something that works, like if that's like, oh, my audience could fit here could be here I could find new people who care about my work then like apply send send in your stuff often those small film festivals don't have the same restrictions as the major film festivals about when it had to be produced Mm -hmm. or all of those things so that's super useful and then the other thing with that um is that when you do go like when I have gone to the film festivals and I think I've learned this and I need to get better at it still is like connect with people who do respond to you. Like when you when they say they really liked your film, don't just be like, okay, cool, thanks, bye. Like yeah. <laughs> ask them their name, engage with them, and like have them be a part of your career as an artist and 
and like invite them to continue engaging with you in whatever way that makes sense for you, whether that's your email list or your social media account. Yeah, get some feedback. Yeah, just like keep that conversation going because we do live in a world where it's always like pay attention to the mainstream. And so when you have people who are engaging with your independent films, hold on to them. Build a community. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Elizabeth, you're amazing. So (laughs) definitely keep me updated with your uh, new film. You know, we're going to push the... um, the uh, fundraiser hard and we're gonna try to get you that 20,000 is there any last words of wisdom you want to give to any female filmmakers that are striving to make their films and uh you know break the barriers that they're uh being hit with i think don't hesitate to tell the story that you think is the one that's true to you but also don't hesitate to ask people who you trust and whose opinions you value for feedback to make your work better Okay, guys, that is it. That's Elizabeth. She's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, we'll see you later. Follow Champagne the Movie on Instagram. We'll have that information down below. Click all her links. We'll have another guest next week. Until then, see ya.